Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is America's Trucking Network with Riding the Wave with Dave. Okay, guys, uh, let me see. Ready, set, go. (laughs) I think I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. We got a long ride tonight, five hours, and uh, we're going to have an action-packed night for sure. I got a special guest online. Before I bring him on, I'll let you guys know that the uh, phone lines are officially open, 513-749-7000, and the ATN national number, 888-860-8785. And uh, we'll get into a lot tonight. Who knows where it's going to go? Of course, we'll have some uh, uh, latest breaking news on the uh, nasty storm that's going on uh, down south, uh, affecting our friends down New Orleans and uh, uh, eastern Texas and all along the uh, Gulf Coast. So we wish them all the best right now. But, hey, let me bring on my uh, special guest tonight. Very excited to have him on board, Mr. Jack Windsor. And you're from up in the Mansfield, Ohio area, right, Jack? Hi, Dave. Uh, it's an honor to be here and talk with you and the 700 uh, WLW listeners. Uh, thanks for choosing me. Uh, yes, uh, WMFD-TV broadcasts out of uh, Mansfield, Ohio, and, of course, I'm uh, also doing uh, independent work with the Ohio Star as uh, their managing editor and then um, an investigative reporter for uh, the Virginia Star now. Wow, congratulations on all your uh, success because uh, the Ohio Star, I know that's really taken off leaps and bounds. Give everybody, uh, the audience, a little rendition on what it's all about and uh, where they can you know, follow you and uh, any of your sites that you want to put out there, uh, Jack. Hey, Dave, thanks for that. Uh, so first, uh, Twitter is an easy find. It's at Jack Windsor, uh, just like it sounds, Jack, and then Windsor, just like the castle, W-I-N-D-S-O-R. Uh, Facebook. Jack Windsor, investigative journalist, uh, is a good spot. And then uh, theohiostar.com is a great place to go um, for news and education, particularly in this election season. Well, and there's so much news. I mean, it seems like uh, uh, this whole COVID-19, and that's where you really have uh, gotten uh, your uh, quick rise to fame is because of all your investigative reporting uh, concerning that. But it uh, seems like it's been completely weaponized now, uh, and that's like the only topic that uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit Biden, of course I call him uh, Jojo Rabbit because in honor of the movie, uh but anyhow, him and his uh, sidekick, that's all they want to talk about. They want to do the blame game, and uh, Donald Trump's responsible for every single person in the United States that either has contracted the COVID-19 or the China flu or has died from it. Uh, and I, I just like, would like to get your opinion. Uh, when all these governors are in charge of the states and the health systems and everything, like you know New York with Como, where uh, he ordered uh, the nursing homes to take in all these uh, COVID-19 patients and stuff, uh, how can that be going on? Does that make any sense to you at all, Jack? No, it doesn't. I mean, listen, if I sat and I uh, watched and listened to certain news outlets, it would. 
And unfortunately, I think a lot of folks still do that. And, and that's not a judgment. That just, just is what it is. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll answer that two ways. Number one, uh, in Ohio, Governor DeWine, when we came out of the gate here in March, he had uh, really the highest rating that any governor in the state of Ohio has ever had. Since that time, he has plummeted. Uh, he had the sixth the sixth worst drop in ratings uh, as we were fast forward now to October um, at, over any other governor. So he was, uh, you know, he's, he's down to, I think, somewhere around 50% approval now when he was up around 81 or, or so. And it has everything to do, I believe, with what you're talking about. And that is, um, unfortunately, some folks have taken this virus and they've weaponized it. They've used it um, for political purposes, you know, whether it's to build up um, a socialized medicine program, uh, you know, whether it is to wield more control for themselves, maybe they're, you know, they're, they're drunk on power. But here's the deal. Few people remember, because a lot of people in the media don't want to talk about it, uh, but back at the end of January when the president uh, put the moratorium down on travel from China, uh, his opponent in the president presidential election, Mr. Biden, actually criticized him, you know, called him xenophobic, right, uh, called, right. you know, said, hey, this guy's being dramatic and, and this is just chaos. Uh, well, he, he was doing the right thing, um, and he, he did it out of the gate. Since then, he has given governors the opportunity to make their own decisions, and he did it because, look, New York City is a lot different than Wyoming. And so why would you have, you know, policies in, in New York City that would match those in Wyoming when population, population density, and all those other factors are, are way different? So, yes, it is something that no matter what any governor does, um, certain voices want to yell uh, loudly that it's President Trump's fault. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense because if you want to go around and play the blame game, uh, then why wouldn't it have been if you turn it around, turn us turn the tables around, go back to what two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the little thing called the swine flu? Uh, supposedly, all the uh, newsprint I've seen is that uh, uh, forty thousand to sixty thousand Americans died from that, and I don't remember the big O, uh, Obama or sidekick JoJo uh, Biden. Uh, they didn't do squat. I mean, so is that on their their backs uh, about all the Americans that died and uh, everything that went on with, with that that uh, swine flu? Uh, I think that's what they called it in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Well, look, if we're gonna if we're gonna judge equally, right, then it should be. But I'm with you. I don't remember there being a big ruckus. I don't remember a lot of attention. And you know, here's something I'll point to that's a bit controversial. So I want to be careful with it. But a few weeks back, the CDC actually came out and said, look. Six percent of these deaths, I think we're up around 209,000 now. And let me qualify this by saying, look, death stinks, right? It, right, it, right. Particularly if you're the person who dies or, or, or worse, the loved one who's left behind. But the CDC came out and said six percent of deaths are attributed solely to COVID. And so the other 94 percent um, have comorbidities, and they listed about 10 of them. Here's the challenge. We don't know if those other 94 percent uh, some of them certainly like uh, influenza or pneumonia uh, or maybe respiratory failure. Some of those deaths obviously were exacerbated and maybe even caused by COVID. Uh, but a lot of those folks had, on average, I think 2.7 comorbidities. But we don't know what that number is. Is it 30%? Is it 40%? So let's just say it is 50%. Well, okay, now we're 
Now we're a hundred thousand. That's still a lot. What if it's thirty percent? You know, then we're at that sixty thousand mark, which is exactly what you just quoted. Um, but we have shut down the entire economy. Um, we've created chaos in our streets, and we have completely restructured our education systems. And um, you know, our free markets are, are, are slowly being choked out. Well, uh, that's exactly right. And uh, there's been all kinds of ramifications for some of the things that the governors, not Donald Trump, has uh, put in effect with the uh, draconian uh, regulation and rules. Of course, uh, there's been a lot of headlines here in the last couple of days about uh, the poor uh, governor up there at Michigan. You had some radicals out there. Of course, the media wants to call militia because they think everybody thinks militia means there's uh, Trump supporters. But uh, I think the right term is anarchist uh, that uh, had some uh, loony tune plot to kidnap her and try her and do whatever they were going to do. Of course, it was foiled by Donald Trump's uh, Justice Department. Uh, the G-men uh, did some really good work, and uh, they were on top of it, monitoring the whole situation. I don't think the governor of Michigan was ever in any jeopardy, but uh, the good news is that it was all foiled. Uh, but, uh, y- you know, when, when you start to see and follow what's going on all around the country, and I've got a, a story over here, it's fresh, at, uh, like with the travel situation, uh, nobody knows what's up because uh, it runs the f- complete gamut from state to state with different rules, different regulations, wh- what's going on. I mean, you're a guy that follows all this stuff. Can you keep track of it all? No, I can't. I really can't. I mean, you know, they talk of they being um, uh, our governor and, and, and other people uh, that talk about the re- regulations and um, ways to monitor uh, how bad it is in other states. So they'll throw different numbers out. But, you know, we hear a little bit about the, the positive percentage rate in some states. And uh, But across the board, what I'm seeing a lot of now, frankly, is that we're, we're judging a lot of things based on cases. And we have to remember that a case does not necessarily mean an active infection, particularly when you have PCR tests that have been um, found out to be inaccurate. Um, those rapid right, right, right. And inaccurate. The governor here, actually, by the way, you know this, he tested positive uh, when he was on his way to meet the president the first time and uh, hours later tested again and tested negative. So he had a false positive test. So we hear a lot about cases, but we, we have to remember that cases are not uh, necessarily indication of an active infection. Um, but that's, that's really what the media is trumpeting right now is, oh my gosh, we have all of these cases. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a doctor or an epidemiologist, but I don't know how you stop a virus. Masks obviously don't do that. Um, because states have been masking. In fact, some of the states that have been masking, um, more strictly, uh, have seen a, a rapid increase in, in cases. So uh, this thing's obviously playing out, but it seems like we're really focused on the cases right now. Well, you, you brought up the thing, the controversy about the mask. I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, I've got two interesting stories. I'm going to have to take a break here in a second, but let me just throw it out at you real quick. Uh, this is from the USA Today uh, that's called the title The Nation's Health, and this was uh, Section D, September 23rd. Study, 70% of KN95s fall short. U.S. standard not met by some masks from China. So now these are the masks, Jack, and I'm sure you know, and all of the audience should be probably heard about them. These are supposed to be the cream of the cream, the, what the doctors and the uh, nursing profession and everybody in the health thing uh, is supposed to count on. And uh, 70% of them aren't even meeting up to our standards. And then I've seen other stories where they're saying that, well, there may be at best about uh, 30% of 
effective what you what you just said. So uh, I think it kind of backs up the whole thing. Are these masks even really doing anything at all except for, uh, for a, a political weapon? Yeah, great point. You know, the CDC says that they are supposed to help prevent respiratory droplets from traveling into the air and onto other people when the person's wearing the mask and, you know, they're coughing, sneezing, talking, or or raising their voice. But here's the key, if they're fitted correctly and if they're not fiddled with, and I don't think that's the case, but, you know, the Swiss Policy Research uh, Group came out with some evidence to support the inefficacy of masks. And, um, you know, there's as much information on whether these work or not um, and siding with that they don't. But, again, that doesn't get played out as much uh, in front of us. I know you got to take a break, so I'll pause there if you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, good job. It sounds like you're getting more and more familiar with radio, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've been, I've, I know I've, I talk a lot. I yeah. talk a lot, so I just want to res- respect the, you know, the, the commercial tax. Yeah, okay, well, I'll put you on hold. Don't go anywhere. we got special guest investigative reporter Jack Windsor on board with us, and he's going to hang around till 1 o'clock, so hopefully I'll, I'll get some phone calls if you guys have your own personal questions any, anywhere in the country, uh, and you can throw it out out there and see if uh, Jack can uh, take a whack at it. And I mean, lately I've been hearing him on a lot of different uh, talk stations and pretty much hits it right out of the park. Of course, that drives our uh, governor, uh, Mike DeWine, a little batty. But uh, we'll take a little short break and we shall return right here at America's Drug and Network. This is the Miami Valley Gaming Racing Report on America's Trucking Network. Clint Boyer will retire at the end of the NASCAR season and join Fox Sports TV booth as an analyst. Boyer's in his 15th full season and heads into Sunday's race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, facing elimination from the playoffs. In a two-page letter posted on Twitter on Thursday night, Boyer said he's pursuing a new opportunity and will move into full-time television job. Boyer is a popular veteran who has won races for Ford, Chevrolet, and Toyota during his NASCAR career. The Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval takes the NASCAR spotlight this weekend. Xfinity Series kicks things off Saturday afternoon in Charlotte with the running of the drive for the Cure 250. Noah Gregson will lead the field to green. Last weekend's Talladega winner Justin Haley starts second. This is an elimination race in the Xfinity Series as four of the 12 playoff drivers will be out. Ross Chastain holds the final transfer spot as he leads Harrison Burton by seven points. Denny Hamlin will start from the pole position for the second consecutive NASCAR Cup Series race, leading the starting lineup to the green flag Sunday in the round of 12 cutoff event at Charlotte and the Bank of America 400. Chase Elliott will start second. This is the Miami Valley Gaming Racing Report on America's Trucking Network. Jake Dennison reporting for ATN. special guest, Mr. Jack Windsor, back up here on board. Now, Jack, we've got about four minutes before we got to take a break, but you're going to hang around at least till one, right? Yes, sir. Good, good. I got uh, Tim and Donkey Rob already want to ask you some questions. Real quick, let me throw this out at you, and this is from the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer, but it's actually uh, uh, two reporters from the Washington Post, and this was uh, September 23rd on page C8. Uh, Yes, coronavirus airborne transmission is happening. 
The CDC needs to set the record straight on aerosols. And it says there's something odd going on at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. For a moment, it seems, the agency had finally woken up to an important fact. The novel coronavirus is airborne. You hear that, everybody, boys and girls? Finally, uh, this is uh, the end of September. On Friday, the CDC updated its website with guidelines on how the COVID-19 spreads. For the first time, they mentioned aerosols, the tiny particles that can stay airborne for hours and travel beyond six feet uh, per the guidelines, uh, the virus travels uh, through respiratory droplets or smart particles. Uh, and, and it, go, it goes on to talk about, you know, coughing, sneezing, singing, talking, breathing, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they can be uh, inhaled through the nose, mouth, airways, lungs, cause infection. It ends up with uh, uh, kicking. Uh, this is uh, thought to be the main way the virus spreads. Uh, but on Monday, the CDC removed the information from its websites, barely explaining that it does not reflect our current state of knowledge. So let the reviews on our current state of knowledge, shall we begin? I mean, there you go doing the double talk. And this is something, Jack, I've seen all along. There's been so much uh, double talking and flip-flop. And you think a big catfish just got pulled out of the uh, Cuyahoga River or something like that. It is completely confusing. So we, I wish I had a, a great answer here. You know, this is like that old old skit, who's on first or, or whatever. Uh, He's on second, and yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so the CDC came out several months ago and, and hinted at this, and then it dropped off, and then it, they, it came back out. They actually, my understanding is they posted it, yeah. on their website right. and then pulled it down and then said, no, that was a mistake. And here's the deal. There's not an intern sitting in a cubicle at 3 a.m. typing on the website with some sort of, um, you know, administrative access, just putting information in and, and going, oh, my gosh. And, you know, they come, come in on Monday and go, oh, my gosh, you know, they, that's not supposed to be there. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Maybe it is, uh, but I, I don't think it is. So uh, that's extremely peculiar it's extremely suspicious that they pop it up on the site and then they take it back down so to me there is some sort of research there is some sort of evidence that points to the idea um that this virus can live in the air some people think for up to three hours um and it can get into your lungs if someone who has it uh breathes it out and, and you breathe that air in but here's the problem people are divided on it and uh, to me, and I guess I'm not the doctor here, and I guess I'm, right. I'm glad I'm not because I don't want to have to figure out what it is and, and, and how, it, how it moves. But here's what I do know. The survival rates per the CDC, uh, 0 to 19 years old, 99.997%. 20 to 49, 99.98%. 50 to 69, 99.5%. 70 plus, it's exactly what we knew it was in China, in northern Italy, and in New York City. It's deadly in that band. It's 94.6% survivable there. Okay, hey, Jack, I got to take a break because that truck's rumbling down the road. So a little short break. We'll be back. ATN. Napa Know How. 
Napa, you can buy a five-quart jug of Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $27.99. And as a bonus, you'll score a $10 gift card by mail-in rebate. That's like a cherry on top of the cherry on top of your oil change. So get $10 back by mail when you buy a jug of Mobile One. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales price is not included applicable. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. State local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 103120. Pros today have to do whatever the job calls for, and the Home Depot is here to help make that easier. With a wide range of delivery options, you can get what you need from job lot quantities to small supply runs delivered where and when you need it. Don't want to buy the tool? Rent it. We've got the most innovative products and more ways for pros to find them in-store and online. Pros are changing. So are we. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Okay, guys, it is time to take that first little spin all around the country with the ATN National Weather Update. And that's a service of our good friends at the Owner Operator Independent Drivers Association. Now, you know that's OIDA, and you know they've been fighting for the rights of the American truck drivers since 1973. Visit them online at OIDA.com or give them a call 800 444 5791, and we'll go out west. Now, there is some action going on out west. It's not in California where they need it because of all the uh, the raging fires. It's not in Nevada where there's always a drought going on. Uh, they're high and dry in uh, Utah and Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming. They're high and dry. Montana, however, uh, we got a real nasty system. Uh, it's moving ashore. Now, it's all over the place in Washington State, up around Seattle, uh, and down through Portland. Uh, they're in Oregon. Of course, they need some of the rain. They've been dealing with the forest fires, too. But it's a big system, and it'd be a troublemaker uh, pretty much uh, all over the northwest here uh, later on on your Saturday. Uh, the Badlands for the time being, Minnesota, Wisconsin, they're dry. Iowa's dry. Kansas is dry. Of course, the big uh, newsmaker is, uh, what is it, uh, Miss Delta Dawn, and uh, she's a uh, Raising all kinds of havoc down there on the poor people around uh, New Orleans and uh, Louisiana, uh, eastern part of Texas. It's up into Arkansas now. Uh, and you guys already know, high winds, flash flooding, heavy torrential rains, high tides, uh, all the jazz you get with a uh, tropical storm slash hurricane. Uh, and it's over in the Mississippi and Alabama. you got a rainy, rainy night in Georgia. Uh, down in the Sunshine State, you could run in and out of some showers pretty much uh, anywhere throughout the state and the, the uh, whole golf co- course area, golf coast area. Uh, and then, uh, let me see, uh, Tennessee's getting hit pretty good right now. All the uh, stormy weather's up through Memphis, Nashville. Uh, it's over into Jefferson City. It's there in the, the Carolinas. So it's going to be a troublemaker, and it will probably affect our weather uh, later on today uh, for sure. 
or into a Saturday night. Uh, West Virginia's getting rain action right now. So this is a big troublemaker. But, I mean, a lot of different places need the rain. They don't need all that rain down there in New Orleans. I know that for sure. But uh, the rest of the country, you know, we could definitely use them up here, Kentucky and uh, uh, other parts of the country. So to help out in that regards, uh, the East Coast right now, from Virginia Beach up through uh, Washington, D.C., uh, New York, New York, Boston, Mass., everything looks high and dry. But I'll keep an eye on everything and rejuvenate the map and uh, keep you posted all night long. Well, at least till 5 a.m. And then we'll let uh, the great outdoor show take over. Then Gary Jeff Walker should be in with his big show about 5.30 a.m. And I'm sure he will continue the coverage. Meanwhile, I got a special guest on board, investigative reporter from up at the Mansfield Way. Uh, and he's got that new site that he mentioned. Well, I'll let him go ahead and mention. I'll get Jack, Mr. Jack Windsor, back on. Uh, yeah, let the audience, because, you know, we pick up new people all the time about your new site uh, that's taken off like uh, gangbusters, Jack. Yeah, so uh, Jack uh, Windsor on Twitter, uh, theohiostar.com, of course, uh, your, your URL bar there, um, and then uh, thevirginiastar.com as well. A great place to get uh, education and news, particularly in this election season. Well, you know, we haven't focused in, which, uh, you know, you started off uh, uh, specializing in all the latest numbers and the data and what it really means with our uh, governor, Mike DeWine. But you let the audience know that, you know, one time his ratings were sky high. Uh, of course, I think everybody was scared to death, but uh, uh, then it started to drop when the business owners, I think, really, you could tie it in. When they start raising cane, they say, hey, wait a minute, you know, we got all these draconian type of rules uh, that's going on and it's affected small business. Meanwhile, the big box guys are doing gangbusters and uh, you know, what's going on and, you know, aren't you worried about us, Gov? Yeah, hey, you know, real quick, too, I'm going to dive into that. I wanted to had this thought about your question earlier about COVID being airborne. If this is airborne, doesn't that mean that we've all been exposed a ton of times long before we ever realized it was even here? And then doesn't that mean that wearing a mask is completely pointless? So I just wanted to share that. Uh, well, I, well, I, no, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people think like that, but I, I know myself, my whole attitude is that, well, if it makes some people feel safer and, you know, if I happen to cough or sneeze, I wouldn't want everybody running for cover, which I, I'd do the same thing if I was arrested. <laughs> but so I think it's kind of like that thing that at least if somebody's coughing or sneezing into the mask, you got a little bit of protection to get the hell away from them. But, uh, you know, it, so it's. It's subtle, but I, I think the politicians have all taken advantage of it, and I guess the perfect example is up there in Michigan. I mean, you talk about draconian type of rules with that little dictator up there. Uh, no wonder she drove the anarchists uh, a half batty, and they wanted to get rid of her. Of course, they want to get rid of law enforcement, the police departments, and uh, Donald sure. Trump and everybody under the sun. So they don't like anybody except their own little group, and uh, some people could call them the Bernie bros, and uh, they thought they were going to get everything for free, and then Bernie didn't get in there. So now, you know, a lot of cities have burned down because of it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, uh, and I apologize for going back to that, but I just wonder if uh, that may be why, uh, you know, we, we don't want to put that out there now if that's known. But I digress. So jumping back forward to what you talked about with Governor DeWine, yeah. he had a tremendous approval. It was the best in the country, and then it, it dropped like a rock. Why did it happen? I think you hit it. Part of it is, you know, businesses started to struggle. But look, in the beginning, the emergency was the potential strain on hospitals, and that never happened. Yet seven months later, here we are. 
still with restrictions on gatherings, sporting events, businesses, kids wearing masks to school, school districts all over the board as to whether they're in person, uh, you know, remote or hybrid learning. And along the way, we've seen judges in Ashland County, Lake County, Erie County, Warren County, uh, just to name a few. They, they struck back against orders, called them illegal uh, and unconstitutional. And then when you fast forward to October, uh, four state representatives here filed articles, uh, uh, released articles of impeachment. Um, one filed a private citizen affidavit because the articles of impeachment didn't go anywhere. His colleagues said, hey, if, there aren't, if there's not a, a crime being committed, he said, okay. So he filed a private citizen affidavit charging the governor with 10 crimes, seven felonies, three misdemeanors. And then when the Claremont County prosecutor, prosecutor sloughed it off, um, the, the rep filed a writ of mandamus with the 12th Circuit Court seeking either an arrest or an investigation into the governor. And, of course, it made national headlines when, when President Trump was here and he referred to the governor. Uh, he got booed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When the lieutenant governor was, was trying to warm up for the president in, yeah. in the Dayton area, he almost got booed off stage. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, I guess the, the natives are riled. <laughs> they, they are riled. And then another representative, Representative Grendel um, out of Chesterland, she put together a bill that would immediately cancel Governor Mike DeWine's executive order declaring the, the state of emergency uh, in, in Ohio, which, of course, would, would make all, ineffectual almost all of the other Ohio Department of Health orders and restrictions that we now live under, which we may want to talk about uh, one of those restrictions being, uh, you know, this testing, tracing, quarantining strategy, which has caused quite a ruckus here in the last week with one of the, the golfers in high school. I don't know if you want to yeah, cover that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you save that for a second? Let me at least get uh, a call. Tim's been waiting okay. on real long, and yeah. so let's see, let me put you on uh, lock position, and then I'll get Tim on here. Tim, how you doing, man? You're on ATN with Mr. Jack Windsor. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Jack, I uh, appreciate your insight so far. My question is this. Uh, I heard a question was posed to Governor DeWine, and he is saying that he believes masks will be in, in effect throughout the course of next year. I don't believe that. I believe uh, the citizens will slowly start to break ranks. I guess my question for you is when do you see, and I am going to use the word normalcy, when there are no restrictions on restaurants or gatherings, no face masks, when can you see a foreseeable future where it was like it was prior to February of this year? Tim, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't want to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I struggle because I've got my visceral response, and my visceral response says if we follow the logic of this, if we look at, um, what's keeping us in this position where we have restrictions on our businesses, where we're told that we need to wear masks so we limit the spread of a virus to other people that could eventually kill them. I don't see that ending until he's he's out uh, of the governor's chair, particularly because, uh, you know, when you look at three bands of people up to that age 70, influenza is actually more, more deadly in some instances. So why would we take the masks off, right? Um, and then, you know, there's, there's this belief out there, too, this more nefarious belief belief um, that some of the people involved in this testing, tracing, uh, you know, testing, uh, tracing, and, and quarantine and, and, and isolation, uh, they're, they're nefarious, that they want to choke out the free market um, because they can't stand capitalism. I mean, if that's what? the case, then, uh, you know, that would be an ugly scenario that um, it, it could go on for a long time. What do you think, Tim? 
Uh, I think the, I think people slowly start to break ranks. I think they are now. I work at a place, and when the mandate first came out, probably about 95 to 98 percent of the people who came into this business wore masks. I'd say it's down to about 80 percent now, and it goes down every day. Uh, I, I just don't think that he's going to be able to sustain this for much longer. Uh, I've talked to several people who say that they will do uh, the gatherings and they're not going to pay attention to any type of mandates that are put in place. Well, uh, that, that's some pretty good feedback. Hey, Tim, thank you for the call, and I'll let Jack go ahead. Keep listening, and I'll let Jack go ahead. Jack, why don't you go ahead and respond to that? Then I've got another thing to throw at you here. Yeah, so I I love uh, I love what he's saying there because I'm – I'm seeing that a lot as well, um, but I don't necessarily always have a pulse on what I would call the other side, not that I'm on one side. Uh, but, you know, look, there there was already a decision, I think it was made in a federal court out of Pennsylvania, where a, a federal judge there said, look, uh, Governor Wolf's orders are unconstitutional uh, to, to shut down businesses and, and to make people uh, you know, shudder at home. Um, it, it's not right. It's not legal. So... Those things may get some teeth and they may get some, some traction, but I would, I would agree. You know, I had a, somebody reach out to me, uh, and she was frustrated because one student in their school, um, tested positive, but the media got a hold of it and called it 98. And when she dove in and did the research, she, she found out, well, there was one student, but they made the other 97 students, um, quarantine. They weren't sick. And so I think people are really on to what's driving the numbers, and I certainly think that, um, you know, this is America, and we still value civil liberties and the right to choose what we want to do. So I could see that turning. Well, and why don't you go ahead, because uh, I'll take a break here in about two or three minutes, but I think you got time to get it in. Uh, let the people know, uh, and I guess you said you, you broke the story about the poor uh, high school uh, student that uh, had qualified to uh, play golf first time in the school's history or whatever, and she was denied because of what? Yes, this senior golfer was the first female. She was from Eastern High School in Beaver, Ohio, to qualify for the district golf tournament. And the tournament was on Tuesday morning, um, and she would have been not only the first to qualify, but the first to play. Never got to pull a club out of her bag. She was named a COVID, uh, in a COVID case and contacted by the public health officials who told her to quarantine for 14 days. Tuesday, which is the day she was set to tee off at 9 a.m., was day 10 of that 14-day quarantine, and uh, the decision was made by the Ohio Department of Health, despite her local health commissioner going to bat for her, the uh, ODH, Ohio Department of Health, said, no, according to CDC guidelines, she needs to quarantine for 14 days. The girl missed the tournament. And to add insult to injury, it gets worse. So she's miss- she misses her, her tee-off time. The Ohio Department of Health, changes their mind, calls at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or a little after to say that she can play. Well, at that point, the Ohio High School Athletic Association had already you know, run the course, um, and uh, she was not allowed to play. So it, it, this is a heartbreaking story. It was, it was difficult to write as a former high school athlete and somebody who cherished every opportunity you know, to get on a field and to compete. Uh, this one's a tough one. 
Well, and, you know, it, I'll get ready and take a break here, Jack. We come back. I think we got to touch on base. Uh, it's still I'm scratching my hair in uh, pulling out other uh, things that I, I just don't uh, I can't figure it out. It's like running into a thorn bush. You know, how did it happen? How do you get so many thorns about this whole deal that happened to the White House with our president? With all the precautions everybody's put under with taking uh, temperatures and uh, doing testing, et cetera, et cetera, how can we have an outbreak, including our president, the first lady, uh, the top assistants or whatever, coming down with this in this uh, rapid spread? And it seems like only with Republicans and Donald Trump's inner circle. Uh, doesn't make any sense, but I'll get your uh opinion on this and we'll uh, wrap up uh, this first hour so uh let's take a little short break and we shall return right here at america's trucking network it down all within my hands yep all with my hands well i'll tell you what i'm keeping my hands extra uh, clean uh nowadays uh i don't know jack are you i'm I'm definitely following all those guidelines i mean i'm using the uh hand sanitizer and washing them till they're about raw i mean what about you man Man, I've always been a little bit OCD, Dave. There's yeah. something you don't know about me. I, I probably wash my hands 20, 20 plus times a day. So that's an easy one for me. Um, I will be frank, though. I don't mask a lot unless it's absolutely necessary. There you go. Hey, now, uh, there's a, a lot of people out there beginning to wonder about our president with all the precautions, how uh, tightly controlled the people that are allowed to actually meet them and uh, the testing, I mean, temperatures and tests, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how him and the first lady and all his assistants and stuff, it just seems like there's something nefarious going on or possibly, and then uh, how rapidly it's spread with the, with everybody and just the select inside crew, senators and uh, important uh, VIP-type people. Do you have any thoughts on that at all, Jack? I do. I'm going to – man, I could go down a really long trail here. I, I, I'd, be right, I'd be right behind <laughs> you. So a lot of followers. We'd be like the Pied Piper or something. <laughs> we would. We would. So, look, I, it, here, here's what I – I will keep it very simple. Okay. On, you know, okay. Do I think there's any nefariousness involved? Here's what I think. I think it could be. It's 2020, and what I've seen this year, actually what I've seen since 2016 and the inability of some groups of people to accept an election result and the lengths to which they will go, try to overturn something, nothing, nothing surprises me at this point. But, you know, three things. Number one, is it airborne? If it is, then that changes things a little bit. But even if it's not, I've talked with some epidemiologists and one virologist and I'm not certain that you can stop a virus. I'm just not certain no. of it. And, and there was a Harvard doctor back in March that said, look, you're not going to stop this virus. And the other thing that I think is important, particularly in Ohio, where the governor continues to say, look, we have to masks are our tool to freedom here. We have to continue to wear this mask until we have a vaccine. Vaccines don't kill a virus. Vaccines knock off the, the most severe symptoms. And what we're seeing is that we're seeing this huge increase in cases, but we've seen deaths drop like a rock, which is a blessing. So we should really be looking at this going, okay, 
okay, are, are we are we getting close to this herd immunity? Um, what is this really going to look like? And I don't want to get into that because that's way over my head. Yeah. But uh, look, did somebody do something to the president? I wouldn't put it past anyone. Um, but hey, look at the bright side. He's 74. He's a male. He's a little bit overweight. And, you know, he knocked COVID out in about four days. I think COVID's in quarantine for 14 days now, <laughs> with the president. Well, I, hey, I, like, I like everything you said. Hey, Jack, uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, I'll stay in touch. I hope I'll have you back on. Keep up all the good work and any breaking stuff, man. Be sure you get, let me know. And we got to take a break. So thank you, Jack. Jack Windsor. And I'm riding the wave with Dave. And we'll be back. ATN. You're listening to News Radio 700 WLW. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.